Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K., I'm Mariah Rose. And happy holidays, everybody. I guess this is technically our Christmas episode. I don't know. We're recording on the first night of Hanukkah. Are we? Yep. Well, that's not when this will air, but it's when we're recording. We're embracing at least two of the holidays that happen this season. It's, that's what we do. We're an inclusive podcast. But only for two? And yeah. it can be a moving target. Any two. So keep yourself yeah. posted. Just depends on the year. And the day know. we record. Yep. Here well, we welcome everybody. If this is your first time listening, uh, we are a podcast about the 80s. And we were not going to do originally an 80s um, theme for this episode. Right. We were going to do a time travel. And then we went back and forth with a ton of different things mm -hmm. until the most glaringly obvious movie was sitting right in front of us, literally sitting right in front of us. Mm -hmm. It's not a Christmas movie. Nope. But it is definitely winter themed and checks, checks all the boxes that we need for laser graves. There is blood. There's a lot of blood. Which is a Christmas color. It's true. And there are evergreens. True. We'll get to it. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. Because people cannot read the title of the movie we're covering ahead of listening to us right now. No, that's not why they chose this. For, yeah. For so sure. <laughs> it's a surprise. Yeah. They definitely didn't go, oh, I gotta hear that one. <laughs> Um, well, before we get into anything, we do have to take a moment okay. to acknowledge the passing of somebody near and dear in our relationship that we never got to meet, but was very formative to our relationship. And that is the film composer, Angelo Battalamenti. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Same year as Julie Cruz, the other collaborator oh, of David Oh, it makes sense. Lynch. It is. They're up and they're singing tunes now in some weird, ethereal, surreal Netherland. Yeah, like riding on the back of a giant glowing otter. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, why not? Well, I did release a special episode. So for those of you who maybe missed it or haven't had a chance, please check that out. It was um, reposting of uh, an older Patreon episode from The Chill Factor, where I would look at film mm -hmm. composers. And one of my favorite ones I did was on Angelo Battlemente. So I thought I'd repost that. And um, it is a really nice look at his entire life, his career, and there is a lot of stuff. I think people didn't realize what he did in his life, but yeah. an incredibly accomplished musician. You know, when I think of Angelo, I look back on our early relationship. We would, you graduated a little bit before me. We started dating before either of us graduated, but you would pick me up at lunch uh, from high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the kind of guy I am. While you were going to your first year of college. And uh, you would print out stuff from the computer lab at the college. And it was like... Wait, just so we're clear, it was your senior year. I was 11. No. <laughs> I just need to make that clear. You don't need to be on the FBI watch list now. No, we were, we're you're much older than me by right. 11 and a half months. Anyway, so yes, yes, I'd pick you up. We'd go to a place called the Pizza Mill and Sub Factory. And with our like $5 that we had mostly, I had mostly taken from my dad's coin jar, we would order a pizza. And their pizza, I remember, tasted like exactly like a cracker with ketchup put on it but we would still eat it mm -hmm. and you would read like the printouts of Ad angelo's lyrics and you know all of the scripts that you could find from uh, david lynch it was great yeah i remember when i found out i could print a certain amount for free as a student i wasted it all right away yes because it was the early days of the internet back then and it was a, a magical wonderland to me and there was a place, it might still be going, but it was the end all for me. It was called Lynchnet dot, or Lynch.net or something like I that. I think it was Lynch.net. That was like the site where it was all of his movies, all of his music, all the collaborators, everything. And on there they had scripts of unfinished work. And I think one of them was like Ronnie Rocket and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And I would print them off. Yeah. And we would read through them to try and get a sense of, of what he was doing or what never got made or crazy to think forward to streaming services now because we would read about things like Hotel Room or Lumiere and Company and these things that we thought we would never be able to see. Yeah. And we would go to the ends of the earth to try and track down a VHS copy. Only now you can, you know, just type it right into YouTube and find it instantly. But back then it's it was just this great mystery. 
anyway, Angela was a very big part of that because it was at that time that we started collaborating on films together. And I, for the main intent of me wanting to compose them so that I could start to learn how to be a a little film composer. Oh, do you remember? And we won't go into detail, but this was the same time we were all inspired. You were composing the music. We were writing films together. And our film concepts, oh, man. That- there was a few that were... Well, we thought that we were really putting we ourselves so in the conversation. Artsy. Like, we... <laughs> you know, it's kind of like... I don't even know how to describe it. Imagine if the guys from Dude, Where's My Car you know, walked into um, a meal on the Titanic. That's how it felt. We were like, hey, what's up? We belong here. We had really good ideas for visual imagery, but little concept behind. Yeah, and we were really at that point in our early relationship into things like Tetsuo Iron Man and Faust by Jan Svankmajer and a lot of David Lynch and Cronenberg and all that. So our short films were... (laughs) (laughs) I think in our mind, they would fall under the term art house. I think looking back on it, they would not qualify as that. But man, we were ambitious. We were. And Angelo's music was kind of the central point of all. That was the soundtrack that Mm -hmm. kind of ran through us. So anyways, didn't mean to ramble on, but also... It is very much deserving of a little bit of time to... It's our podcast. It's we our can podcast. Ramble. And he was an important person. And he was just a, a really nice guy. Everything I'd ever read or seen. And every time we hung out with him, he was so <laughs> yeah. kind. Well, I would meditate and then in the astral plane, go visit him at night and be like, hey, dude, what's up? You can up? still do it. I could. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, RIP, Angelo. It was a big loss for us and a big loss for many other... Uh, Lynch fans, but not just Lynch. He worked with Jean-Pierre Jeannet on City of Lost Children, which is my probably one of my all-time favorite soundtracks he ever did. And it gets no attention whatsoever, but he did some amazing stuff. So check out his work if you haven't already. And um, yeah, that was just a, a kind of a shock, even though he was 85. It's not like he didn't live a long, healthy life. But at the same time, it kind of felt like losing a friend. 85. It's a good run. Yeah, he got a lot done in his time. I mean, it could be longer. Also, um, let it be known out there for the late bloomers in life. He was up there in age by the time he finally hit Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You know, by the time Blue Velvet came, I think he was in his 40s, maybe. So, you know, not everybody figures it out in their teens and 20s like Miley Cyrus. Like you have to... Some people <laughs> take some time fumbling through life before they figure out, you know, what they really should be doing. Two points. One, I have a Miley Cyrus uh, pleather jacket that I found at a thrift store. Wait, it's got Miley Cyrus on it? it? It's on the inside. It says it on the label. And I'm so embarrassed by it, but I get so many compliments on it. Oh, she has a clothing line? I don't know. Maybe she did 20 years ago or eight years ago. I don't know how old yeah, she is. Yeah, 20 years. She would have been like negative three. Anyway. How old is she? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. I like how you said it, even though you actually know how old she is. But point two is about age. Okay. How old do you think the oldest person lived to be? Ever? Yeah. Are are they currently living? Documented. No, they have since died. Uh, Real or fiction? Real. I mean, to be proven. No, this was documented because there are people who may have been older, but like they're they were born so long ago that their birth certificate like was in a fire. Yeah. I read that weird story or podcast. Even I heard about some old guy who claimed to be, you know, 400 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Probably wasn't true. That wasn't, but how, how old do you think is the oldest person? I'm going to go with 118. No, you're wrong. Oh, how old? 122. Well, I was, I mean, pretty close. That's my goal. To be 122. Yeah. I'm going to push back and say your goal is to be 123, knowing your personality. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. what are we doing? All right. Well, hey, let's get to the podcast. We have a really fun one for you. This week, we are heading into a winter wonderland in Sweden. But it's supposed to take place in America. Is it? Yeah. It's- are we sure? Yeah, I am definitely sure. It's supposed. That's why there's a lot of English-speaking actors cast and stuff, too. They just forgot to switch out the license plates. Um, (laughs) That's not the only thing they forgot in this. We are talking about a film that I absolutely love. It's one of the subgenres that we covered a lot. We're kind of getting low on the ones we can still get to. Heavy metal horror. 
It's true. This is foreign heavy metal horror, which are they heavy metal? Well, I mean, we're playing fast and loose. Yeah, at this point. we're gonna. It, it falls under metal horror. How about that? Okay, glam metal, I guess. They're a little poisony. We'll get to that. Oh, save. Yeah, put a pin in that one. Okay. <laughs> Let me just announce what we're doing. <laughs> damn it, we are doing the 1985. No, uh, no, no. Let's go on another tangent before you say. Damn it. <laughs> 1985 horror in the mountains. Blood tracks. Shoot one scene for a rock video that's going to be published with Solid Gold's next album. A young and beautiful rock group on location. Then the terror struck. I'm not receiving you. Please hear it. Trapped by a family of maniacs. The fire will burn to the final attack. Never-ending terror. What the hell's happening here? I don't know. I think everybody else is dead. This is a nightmare. Listen to me, pal. There's animals down there in the factory. Now, I don't know how many of them there are. I read you, John. Listen, I want you up here now with guns. But please stop this. End this killer. Who are you? What's going on? Why are you doing this? Who are these maniacs? Hey, I'm ah! Why? Ah! Naomi Kaneda, Michael Fitzpatrick. Just get us the hell out of here! And Jeff Harding, Blood Tracks. Okay. First off, I'm kind of surprised there was a trailer for that, to be honest. It's it's shocking news to us all. Although it did come out. It did get an American release, so that's a start. Okay. It, we've got the Vista Home video clamshell there with a cover who, if you don't know the film, it looks like it's Roseanne Barr shouting on... Have you ever seen... The, remember the She-Devil? Yeah, yeah. Um, I put it side by side. You're looking confused. It's, yeah, you're pointing, and I'm just they're seeing in like alphabetical a wall. order. Just look for the B. Okay, blood. Oh yeah. Doesn't it kind of look like the She Devil cover it, with Roseanne? It does. We might need to do a side to side. Anyway, that's uh, no doxing. Anyway, that's what I think when I see it, it's a it's a cool tape. I got it a couple years ago. Really love the movie. It is so bananas. Makes no sense. It's hard to follow. There is 101 characters to follow, and they all look the exact same. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is so much charm to be found in this one. We also have an original poster for this film. I don't have a whole (laughs) lot of... Yeah, I found online. That's so random. I found the Yugoslavian poster. Wait, did you go looking for the poster to the Roseanne Bar? No, I didn't buy the Roseanne cover. No, no, but I mean, that's essentially no, what it I is. No, I bought it because it doesn't have that image on uh, it. That's what I liked about it. You want to see it? I guess. Okay, hold on. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Two things. One, that was a rhetorical question I was going to show you regardless. I know. And two, I guess I haven't looked at this in a little while because guess <laughs> prominently displayed in the center. Like in the dead center. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, isn't that cool? Oh, okay. It's got this uh, scene, though, of one uh-huh. of the dudes making out with a chick and she's fully nude. So Why, why does it look like they're all in lava? Well... It's just a blood red sky. Okay. It says anyway. Kravavitrog. Yeah, that's the Yugoslavian. Yugoslavian. Yeah, you you speak Yugoslavian? Obviously, Kravavitrog. I was surprised you could translate that. <laughs> it means blood tracks. Anyway, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool poster. <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah, so this is um, Swedish film. There's not a lot of them, but as far as this time, especially metal horror... 
it was pretty exclusive to America for the most part. There's some pretty rare exceptions, but the exceptions are, are pretty awesome. Bloderin, who which we haven't covered, but we should. It was one of the very first shot on video movies that never gets mentioned. When we talk about shot on video, it's like uh, boarding house and sledgehammer and stuff. But Bloderin was right there. And it's it's incredibly rare. It never got a U.S. release. But I've got a copy sitting there on the shelf. Have, have you? Have I seen it? You have not seen it. Okay. There's it's... not a lot to it, but it is technically a metal horror. Okay. Um, and it... that I I can't remember. I want to say, I don't think it's Norwegian. But anyway, we'll get to it. I haven't watched it in a while. Okay. It's it's um just some pretty random one. Other than that, uh, you know, looking at the shelf right now of all our metal horror. I'm looking at it. You've got yeah. a whole setup. I I don't really pay attention to your setup, and then every time I do, it's different. Yeah. You've got a situation happening Paganini here. Horror, there's another one. There's, okay. there's a few, but, I mean, really, this was an American thing. So it's okay. fun to see a, a European take on, on metal horror. It, but trying to make it American. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. That's the best part of all, is that this is supposed to be, I think, like a Colorado ski town is the impression I got. Okay. Yeah, well, anyway. All right. So this was a first-time watch for you, correct? Twas. It was indeed. Yeah, it was the night before Christmas. You're using winter terminology. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We would never say twas in July. <laughs> well, we might. I don't know. Well, to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying not to see if you could get away with TWs and other scenarios. No. You really can't. Nope, you failed. Okay, 1985. This was directed by Mats Helge. Olsen, but he, to fool everybody, went by the very American um, name of Mike Jackson. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, nobody would ever think otherwise. Weird. We know an actual Mike Jackson. Yeah. Well, this was not his first film. He had done a few. I didn't know anything about him. And when we were starting to do this film, this is what I love about podcasting. And other podcasters can attest to this is... Prior to podcasting, you just watch a movie and you don't think much of it. Mm -hmm. When you have to cover an episode, you look for things about it, the history of it, how it came to be. And sometimes the fruit that comes forward that shakes off the tree of researching a movie is quite sweet. So I'm assuming he just did porn like everybody else. No, no. It's way better than that. Oh, good. Yeah, no, that would be a, a safe assumption, but... He basically had had done a few westerns with this shady character who could get a lot of money. And then they cooked up this grand idea to do like the history of Sweden. And it was supposed (laughs) to be this huge epic film. And they cast thousands of extras and all these famous people. And our director, Mats, was in charge of the finances and had no clue what he was doing. And as the story goes, like, screwed everything up. And all these lawsuits happened to the point of he was imprisoned (laughs) for false accounting for four years. And it was just this absolute train wreck of, of an event that happened based on them getting way in over their heads with a movie. Had he, like intentionally done this or no, he I just like they, messed it up because basically yeah like nobody was getting paid because they were spending all their money in other areas and everybody was like wait why um, would you say yes to that that like gives me i have honest sweat on my palms just <laughs> thinking about that but his biggest movie that had come out was one called the ninja mission which i've seen <laughs> i used i used to have it uh it's pretty fun and they got i mean it got international attention so he did have some success even though he didn't really get any any money from it but why i'm mentioning this because up front the ninja mission will play a role in the casting of this movie okay anyway so we'll get back to our director but just keep in mind um he was in prison when this film is being cooked up so (laughs) So he he like conceptualized this behind bars a little bit Okay. Kind of. Do you want to know the rest of the history now? Yeah. I feel confused, but interested. So How about we start the movie, and when we get to the band, I'll continue the story. 
You like Ooh, that? Ooh, cliffhanger. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can handle that. That way people don't press the fast forward through when we're just doing walkthroughs. They'll be like, wait, wait, wait. I might miss something really interesting. Why would you suggest that anybody would ever do that? Because <laughs> that's what I do. What? <laughs> Only on our own episodes. Oh, rude. I'm joking. I listen to every word and I laugh out loud. You do. I come in when you're editing and you're laughing <laughs> well, yeah, at us. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, jokes aside, <laughs> I don't I don't hang out and listen to our podcast on my own time. But That's all you do. When whatever. I do edit, there are times when I laugh out loud because I think, should I keep that in? <laughs> should I check, check that out? Because um, people don't always know what we're saying off mic. Some shenanigans. It's all right. a little bit of shenanigans. Let's get into this movie, whatever it is we're watching. Blood Tracks. Right. Or... Kravavatrog. Oh, you speak Yugoslavian. Duh. I already told you about it. Okay, so blood tracks. We're going to get into some tracks, and I'm assuming blood tracks has to do with train tracks. Yes, and a lot of blood. There is a lot of blood in this film. But very little train. Well, I mean, it's all centered around a train at the beginning. The first two minutes. Exactly. Okay. So the movie begins, and there's a drunk man. He's coming home. And he attacks his wife. She, like, quickly, he he's, like, coming into their junkie apartment, drunk, and she's like, this way, children. I'm American. And she pushes them into a room, and he starts attacking her, and he cuts her, and it's sort of a slow-mo domestic violence brawl. And he, <laughs> it's really, like, low-level. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. And she, like presents a knife and then he uses it to cut her neck but it's not like a full throat slit and then she ends up stabbing him in the back and as i mentioned there's approximately five bajillion kids or maybe just five there i'm not really so sure many children in this house it's there's very also unclear. a random neighbor standing in the doorway watching it all yeah so this weird neighbor <laughs> guy witnesses the tail end of the fight he sees the wife kill the husband. He does nothing. He's standing weirdly close. Yeah, he's like in the way of the murder. Yeah, happening. they have to step around him. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows that guy, though. He's calling her a murderer. He's sort of like a Karen. He's yeah. like out there and he's like, murderer, murderer, call the police. But he does nothing. Yeah, he just wants to announce it. Yeah. So the mom grabs her kids. And I tried to count them like one, two, three, four, five. I think there are five. I also thought there were girls, but I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. No, I think they're all boys. I don't know. She grabs her kids and they run out into a cold, wintry night. Again, she's being trailed by murderer. And it's presumed that they hop on a passing train because they like run alongside a train. Mm-hmm. We don't actually see them climb on the train. So this is the blood no, tracks. It's implied. Yeah. And there's like train sounds. And then we get a beautiful, random voiceover. <laughs> yeah. This is, you know what I like? This is the one and only time the voiceover is used. Yeah. It's so, so out of place. I want to pause here and talk about this random voiceover. Is it something that we actually encounter pretty f- frequently, I would say? Yeah. And it's something, I don't, I don't know if it's our choice in film, but I'm wondering, do you think that this is, in the editing process, they realize there's no way to make their storyline clear? And they're like, just voiceover. Do a voiceover. Well, just this it's once. pretty smart. But it is funny that this is... I, I have no problem with voiceover to kind of catch up on the plot or to fill in the holes. But usually, not usually, always, when there's a voiceover, it carries throughout the film. It'll come back at some other yeah. point. It's somebody says two lines and then never has another voiceover in the rest of this film. Yeah. I almost thought it was commentary. Like, yeah, like by the director. Yeah, are they doing commentary <laughs> on this? But they're not. <laughs> but we're watching it on VHS. Yeah. To whom does this voice belong? We don't know. Will they speak again? At that point, we had no idea, but we know now. The answer is no. The disembodied voice gives us a one-time explanation that the family has been now hiding out for 40 years. Yeah, that's a long time. Um, And is like, but now intruders are on the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) It's a really good way to set up the movie. And that's it. That's the intro. And then we jump to a band and a camera crew arriving to a wintry mountain community. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're there to film a music video. Yes. Well, we get something that we haven't had in a while. What? I can't think of all the episodes we've done recently off the top of my head, but the last one I really remember discussing 
was TerraVision when we get one of our all-time favorite things on this podcast, a theme song. Mm. And we get the band that will be featured in this movie doing the song Blood Tracks. And it is, it's a jam for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was never recorded beyond what you hear on this movie. So there's no available recording of the actual song. So it was recorded, just not released. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no commercial release of it, which is a shame because it's a pretty cool song. Okay. Uh, oh, you going to challenge me? I mean, it's okay. Let our listeners be the judge of this. Let's, <laughs> let's hear this tasty jam. The horror you fear, you can let it go. So many there, you're almost too slow. Okay, well, it is pretty good, but I do, anytime we get a a theme song for an episode, it makes me very happy, so. You are very excited. Yeah. So, we have this disembodied voice, we go to the band, we get some establishing shots, and then we jump to some guy. Who is this guy? I don't know. Maybe it's the voiceover guy. He's looking around uh, in a condemned building. That much we know. It's like an old factory. I, I wondered, like, is it an old train station? But it doesn't appear to be. It just it's, looks like an old factory. Yeah, it's like an abandoned factory. And this is apparently where the family has been holed up for the last 40 years, living like cave people. Yeah. Uh, interesting plot. Yeah, they're all just sleeping in a pit, like, underneath the station. It's... I mean, in 40 years, think about how many cool things you would do. But they're just like wallowing in their filth. They're all just sleeping in this pit. And honestly, it's it's like they just stayed there. Had they just stayed there in this pit, this whole movie would have never happened. Yeah. So there, there's no need for this movie. Nobody was looking for them. It's been 40 years. I feel Nobody like cares. they were looking for trouble and but they like, finally got it. But why did they? Why did they wake up and choose violence? Like, actually. Well, they were hibernating. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not really sure why this is their day, but here we are. So one of the sons of this mother decides to battle it out with the random guy. And he's, like, trying to kill him. But the oldest brother, as far as I can tell, stops this from happening. And there's uh, some commentary between the family members about how one of the brothers is a maniac. I don't know why they have this commentary, because in my opinion, the whole family are <laughs> They're maniacs. They're all crazy. Okay, let's go back to the band. Well, do you want to discuss what these brothers look like? Because we do get a glimpse of them. Sure. Because it's something. Yeah, explain to me what you see. Well, it looks like they... You remember Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs? Yes. It's kind of like if Pizza the Hut became a human. It's like if they had found <laughs> nuclear waste at this factory and just dunked their faces in it. Yeah, they're mutants. They have like cheese faces, though. Why? I thought at first, like, maybe they just have bad skin because they haven't had good skin care in 40 years. Well, I thought about it the more I, I thought about it. I Was it the factory? Were they exposed to something? I don't know. It's really not explained, but they all look like mutants now. Yeah, don't dig your fingers into those face holes because you're not going to find anything. (laughs) But it makes this movie all the more enjoyable because had they just been kind of dirty people living down in the basement, they'd look a little scruffy and weird. But when they come up with their cheese faces, 
I mean, it, it really does look like they have pepperoni pizza on their face. It's weird because if I were going to design these people, I'd be like, wow, they've been on their own. They've come up with weird, like they've braided themselves vests out of pine needles or yeah, like Bubba they're teeth, wearing. For sure. Yeah, obviously bad teeth. Maybe they're wearing a necklace of rats, but no, they just have bad skin. Why did they not have a necklace of rats? Why would you not? Yeah, Why? that was a missed opportunity there. Okay. Let's anyway, make a film called Necklace of Rats. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a metal band. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Claimed it. Let's get back to the band. The band is now ready to film. So the, I guess, concept of this music video that this band has come up to the mountains for is to romp in the snow with sexy girls. Yeah, so let's take a moment now and talk about our band. Okay. That this whole movie centers around. Okay. Well, they, I mean, they're definitely... They're there. They're, they're in the mix. Had there not been 400 other cast members, <laughs> then maybe we could have focused on them a little bit more. But I don't know about you, but holy cow, there's a oh, lot yeah. of people in this movie. So many. Okay, anyway. So we meet our band, which is known as Solid Gold, but that's not their real name in real life. This Good. is a, an actual band in real life called from, Easy Action. From Sweden? Yes. And I heard that they claim that they were the first band from Sweden to get an international record deal. Oh, okay. Good job. No, not Solid Gold. Easy action. Good job. Yeah, except for every single person who's ever heard that says, well, there is a band called ABBA. Nope. I've never heard of them. (laughs) Never heard of them. Nah. Anyway, we're going to go with Easy Action being the most successful act ever. Obviously. They were a real band, so we'll talk about them. I feel like you're overselling it here. You're like, they were a real band. Well, they had they they were actually successful. They okay. had a major label deal. They were on, I want to say Columbia, maybe, or Capitol Records, or somebody. They had an actual deal, like a okay. big record deal. And they were putting out music and everything. So they were a real band. Okay. And this is important because the reason this whole movie exists is because of this band. Okay. So let's go back to our original story of our director in prison. And as the story goes, Mm -hmm. the band was looking to try and make their name a little bit bigger because they had a record label now or they had a record deal. They needed to kind of expand their Mm -hmm. brand. And they had seen a movie called The Ninja Mission and were so impressed that they thought we should contact this director and see if he wants to work with us. Maybe do a music video or something like that. He's in prison, as the story goes. Cool. It adds street cred. Yeah, for sure. And they contact him. The second he hears that they're on a major label, he thinks in turn, this could work out great. I and see he the agrees logic. on the spot. Not only will I direct a movie or not only will I work with you, let's make a whole movie and you will be the stars of that movie. Perfect. This is going to be huge for all of us. Um, so that is how this movie came to be. And apparently he had already had the second half of this movie planned out, which was the cannibal side of it. But he had not figured out how it was going to tie in the first part. So he... Wait, there's cannibalism in this movie? Well, they're just like mutant. I don't know what you'd call them. I mean, I kind of considered them like mutant cannibals. I haven't seen that. I don't think they eat anybody at any point. Really? I thought they were like biting their necks and stuff like no. that. No. Okay. I just assumed they were cannibals then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Anyway, he had already worked out this crazy mutants living in an abandoned factory and said, well, how about instead... We just have this band shoot a music video, and then they're all killed off by these mutants. Mm-hmm. So that's why this film has a kind of two very clear points to it. Okay. Anyway, that is how the film came to be. I don't know why they chose to change their name to Solid Gold. That's a little weird to me. Yeah, why wouldn't you stick with Easy Action? I don't know, but that is the band, and um, I read on multiple sources that they were so nervous they had never been in a movie that he just got them drunk and so they're just wasted throughout this whole movie Mm -hmm. because they were so nervous about being on camera i think that's true of every single person involved yeah uh, but we get them and we get to hear their music the blood track song yeah and then we see them performing their sweet song for the music video well that is 
after they tumble down a mountainside to the location of the video, you remember? Yeah, they were just like romping. Well, one of them's doing like a barrel roll down the side of the mountain. I mean, if you're not around snow. Well, they're from Sweden. They're okay. around snow. Well, then maybe they really know how to play on snow. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So some snow romping happens. The band starts performing. You pointed out that the lead singer's mic is very clearly not plugged in. I do appreciate that. Yeah, that it was cool. It's very clear, even though the guitars are plugged into amps, they have an extremely 80s glam rock look. So oh, yeah. They look like they are on tour with Poison or Cinderella or Britney Fox or whatever. All those yeah. 80s glam, um, they, They're- I mean, it's... It is definitely that era. Of, There's some panty droppers. Oh, for sure. Big hair, neon colors, fishnet, spandex. It's it's all on display. Yeah. And, and it's all real. So with that in mind, mm-hmm. I actually have this week's fun fact. What? So I'm going to be up front and say... Prior to watching Blood Tracks for the first time, I had never heard of Easy Action. Mm-hmm. Even though I definitely grew up in the 80s and uh, knew my fair share of hair metal, they never registered on on my radar. So I had to look into them. And the more I looked into them, I thought, gosh, these guys look a lot like Poison. They sound more like Rat or Cinderella, okay. but they, they look just like Poison. Oh, yes. So when I started Googling Poison and Easy Action to see if they had ripped them off, I discovered it was the other way around. What? And that is this week's fun fact, is that Poison was sued by Easy Action because of one of their songs. And I was blown away by this. Did they win? They did. They settled out of court for a large sum of money. Oh. So Easy Action sued them because they said their 1983 song, We Go Rocking, was ripped off for Poison's mega hit, I Want Action. <gasps> and I compared the two. Because sometimes when I hear this stuff, I'm like, whatever. You yeah. know, that's a stretch. I compared them and then I put a little uh, video clip of the original and Poison's back to back to play for you. So that you could hear and make your own decision on if you think it was a legit ripoff. Oh. Okay, I'm pulling up the clip. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready to hear it? Lay it on me. Okay, ready? Yes. It's pretty accurate. Okay. I'd say that one's not as much of a stretch. I will say it's, in both cases, very mediocre songwriting. Mm -hmm. And you could arrive at those exact same note combinations as a toddler, but it's pretty pretty dead on. And then when you couple that with the imagery of both bands, I think this is a clear cut case. And that's probably why they settled easily out of court is They're because, like, yeah. yeah busted <laughs> we do drip you off yeah but i was surprised by that because i thought it would have been the other way around but it was no easy action was an actual act and they were established and uh, making their rounds so interesting story they're so good that it's no surprise that their song actually starts our first avalanche of this movie i read something crazy about this what they created the avalanches in this movie. Oh my god! With dynamite, they would just blow up random snowpack sections of the mountains. Psychos, <laughs> and you, you probably, dear listener, are picking up on the fact that he mentioned multiple avalanches, and that I said this is our first. So yeah, buckle in. We got a lot of avalanches happening. It's so crazy. This reminds me of something that David A. Pryor would do in his film. He's <laughs> like, just put some dynamite over the mountain, blow it up, and we'll make our own avalanche. So there is an avalanche. It doesn't hit the band. And someone's like, don't even worry about it. They never come up this far. 
Did you hear that? Do you remember when they yes. said that they never come up this far? I was like, excuse me, sir? <laughs> Are you from the lowlands? Do you know what an avalanche is? They happen in mountains. It's so weird. It's so weird. So, okay, that happens. Uh, next, a cameraman decides, I, I need to go get some B-roll at this cool factory I saw. So he's going to go shoot some B-roll while the rest of the band goes to a, like, pre-designated, like, band relaxation cabin. Yeah, can I ask a question about this factory? I guess. When we first see it, they are looking at it in an an extreme distance through binoculars. Mm -hmm. For the rest of this film, it's as though it's right next to them. Yeah. Because every single person is coming and going into this factory. Yes, so many. Throughout the course of the rest of this whole film. And there are nine billion members to this cast. Every time they were going, I'm like, didn't it take them a good 45 to two hours to get down there? Also, didn't anybody like go left or go any other direction beyond straight to the factory? No, it's, it's something. Okay, so cameraman has gone there to shoot some B-roll while everybody else is at the cabin. We see our factory family again, and this is where it becomes clear that they are mutated. So we've had some kind of hints about Pizza Face, but this is where we're like, so they mutated. Yeah, they looked a little weird, but now we get a full glimpse at the amazing makeup job. You know what? Time for Avalanche number two. (laughs) They just keep coming. Again, this one's a ways off. So inspired by the drama of an avalanche, a band dude and a dancer decide they're going to go hump in a car. Yeah. So they're in a car, they're humping, and it's time for avalanche number three. There are so many avalanches. This is our last one, I think. This is the scene, though, when they're like, avalanche, and then it shows it. That Do you remember, because you had asked if you had seen this, Mm -hmm. and I said, no, but you've definitely seen a clip. Yes. Because I don't know when it was, when we did our Gem and the Holograms episode. Ah, yes. 2014. (laughs) No, it's not 2014. (laughs) I think it was 2020. Anyway, there is a episode of Gem and the Holograms when they're skiing Mm -hmm. and they're at a cabin. Yeah. And then an avalanche happens. Right. And they go, avalanche. And this scene unfolds identical to Gem to the point of, I wasn't making it up. And I thought, am I crazy? Or is this almost line for line? You know, when you do like spoofs on a movie and then they compare them um, split frame side by side. I did that with the Gem and the Holograms episode. You don't have any time on your hands. They are almost identical. I was on to something and it ended up being way more entertaining than I could have imagined. It's it is really what came first. The chicken or the egg uh, gem or... Oh, same time frame. Yeah. What inspired? Did did this scene inspire Who's getting Gem? sued? Yeah. Who is going to sue whom? <laughs> That's always the question. Okay. Anyway, car couple, they're humping. They get buried in the car. But through band teamwork, they save the day. Like the makeup lady brings some shovels and they free the couple before they suffocate to death. Also, weirdly, there's like a bunny involved in the car situation like why was there a bunny yeah i don't know but this third avalanche has in fact left our band stranded meanwhile the cameraman you remember is in the factory he's come back he was shooting his b-roll he's now reviewing his footage at the cabin and he sees something weird in his footage yeah what is it and then he finally figures it out it's a face a weird mutant face there are so many people in this movie. I don't even know As how many. the scene's happening, it's so distracting because there's so many people walking around and crowded. and They all look the same, too. They do all look the same. It's very hard to distinguish who is who. And there's so many groupies. But then there's like a famous one. Susie. Susie. There's another one named Linda, randomly. One of them is in like a Borat-style bikini. You know the giant <laughs> thong bikini that he had? She's wearing something that looks similar to that, but in the snow. It's, Uh, man, this is really quite the cast of characters. Don't worry. Not to be outdone by the cameraman, the sound guy, he, under the pretense of getting clean avalanche sound, like he's going to go outside and just record 
another avalanche. Well, in his defense, yeah. they're happening so often. <laughs> I mean, we've had three. Yeah, the odds are pretty good that he'll he'll get re- a recording of an avalanche. I don't know why he wants to record it. Like, what's he going to use the sound of an avalanche for? But he's like, where can I get this sweet, sweet avalanche sound? Inside the factory. So he goes. That's weird. I now that I'm thinking about it, he just went straight to the factory to record an avalanche. Yes, and then the makeup girl, who is identifiable only because her hat is sideways. Yeah, you know, this is something that it's true. It is really. There's one thing to have teenagers, a bunch of teenagers in a film, but I could not. No. figure out anybody even the band members no like who is who in this? there was a blonde guy or black-haired guy and then the rest of the guys yes and they just come and go throughout yeah do we ever even learn their names no there's a linda are you well i know that one and a Susie. okay okay so makeup girl identifiable because she has the sideways cap and she goes looking for i think the sound guy but possibly the camera guy has wandered off it's unclear so he it doesn't matter he's in the factory killed dead his neck was broken by one member of the family the, <laughs> yeah. the makeup gal yeah, not the crazy member mind you no no not the maniac yeah just a normal member <laughs> just regu- regular mutant. just a regular guy uh, so the makeup gal finds his equipment and she runs back to the cabin so again so much back and forth. So They're just going there nonstop as though it's right there. I just, I have to go back to the beginning when they're looking at it through binoculars mm-hmm. because it's so far away. I don't know. They're just hopping right over to the factory. Yeah, back and forth, back and forth. And now the family is like on the hunt. So while the band and crew are doing a lot of like stay together talk, they're like aware that something's happening. Uh, they basically just immediately split up. They say, we got to stay together, and then everybody splits up. But as they split up, they continue humping, which is hilarious. Yeah, they're like, hey. That's the band. Of, yeah, one of them, well, no, one of them, the girl says, have you ever, whatever, done it in the forest or something? <laughs> <laughs> they go do that. The other one, there's a scene. Isn't it the same girl? I don't know. Okay. There's a scene I mean, where whatever. one of the band members looks at one of the girls. Oh. And I thought he shouts, you have the booze, but you said, I think you said you have the boobs. Turns mm-hmm. out <laughs> you were right. Yeah, she does. He, he just turns, looks at a girl and goes, you have the boobs, and then just walks towards her. Yeah. It's, That's how band guys get This is get the girls. dialogue of the whole movie. This is part of what I really do love <laughs> about this movie, is it's so fun. You've got the boobs. Yeah. And so... At this point, the killing goes crazy. And as a matter of fact, it goes so crazy that as I was looking through my notes, I was like, I can't even keep track of this. This is a major plus of the film is if you want gore. Yeah. It amps up and the kills just get crazier and crazier. So it really does. We'll get into them, you know, as we go. But it delivers big time on the gore side of this. It's very gory. And I'm actually going to bullet point <laughs> okay. these uh, deaths. Just oh, it's like a kill count. F- just for time's sake. And I'm missing a bunch because I kind of zoned out. <laughs> there were a lot. <laughs> I so, was like, wait, is this the same yeah, person we'll get At killed? the end, we'll talk about our likes and dislikes of this. But it's kind of weird to say that it gets repetitive. It does. But the repetitive part is like nonstop awesome kills. It's just a free for all. And this is where it comes into being a plus to have so many cast members. Because there was just an endless supply of people to kill. That's why they had so many. It, It must have been. It was very much like a Friday the 13th thing. So the lead singer of the band, he puts in, and again, we're just kind of bullet pointing. He at one point is in the factory. How we got there, I can't even. But he's there. He's got fake vampire teeth. He puts them in and he gets beheaded. My only note on this is that when we see his uh, beheaded head, uh, there's no vampire teeth clearly yeah, visible. Yeah, I I agree. And I don't, I can't guarantee that that was the singer even. It no, just was a random member of the band. I think it was. But it would have been perfection if the head would have rolled towards her, stopped close up, fake vampire teeth. It would have been amazing. Man, that would have been good. It would have been. But it wasn't. Okay. Well, but it was still awesome. Somebody else. Solid beheading. Somebody else. Next bullet point. Gasoline fire death. 
Oh, yeah, that was... How do they have gasoline, by the way? 40 years on. I don't know. 40 years living in an abandoned factory in the middle of the woods. Like under it, too. Okay, so gasoline fire death. Just remember that one because the fire continues to be an issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, the makeup gal gets taken. One girl, who is apparently named Linda, is killed in some way involving wires in a barrel. <laughs> is she the one that's thrown over the side and impaled? I don't that one I was surprised by because I thought that was going to be our final girl. No. And then she was just killed also. I think that was Susie. Okay, this is just a free-for-all. Okay. I should mention now that Susie, the dancer, is trying to use during this. So that was the wires in the barrel wasn't Susie. No. She's trying to call for help uh, through a CB radio. And uh, she's like... I guess there's some static or problems, avalanche, mountains. I don't know. It's unclear. But back to our bullet points of death. The makeup gal. She's the one who gets tossed on the spike. Okay, so this is crazy. This film, once it gets into the death sequences, it's just that for the rest of the movie. Yes. Is it's basically every cast member goes into the factory (laughs) to get killed Mm -hmm. one at a time. It's kind of amazing. And every single one gets a good kill. Well, also, back at the cabin, everyone is being attacked. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, honestly, this is where I started zoning out. There are so many deaths that I lost track, and so many are like, there's a black-haired person, there is a blonde-haired person. They just died. There's like an axe to the head at one point. There's... One of them, which looked like it was going to be the best kill of the whole movie, got cut. And I'm wondering if Mm -hmm. that was censored or edited, because it's a really weird cut. One of the girls is tied up. That's the wires in the barrel. Okay. But it looks like her body gets split in half. It seems very elaborate. Like, what is this family doing? They're MacGyvering this whole entire warehouse. Are they, like, in a cavern above a cliff at that point? Like, where is that? It's wild. Okay. This whole film is blood tracks pun off the rails. So help kind of arrives as the carnage is continuing. Susie somehow got a call out, but she still ends up at the warehouse, at the factory. She's clutching the CB and help has arrived. But her would-be rescuer, who I'm going to call Flyboy because he flies a helicopter, he tries to contact her on the CB. No, they call him Flyboy, remember? Do they? Okay, good. I'm really glad I didn't come up with that nickname on my own. (laughs) No, it was real clever. It's in my notes. Uh, So he inopportunely calls her at this point on the CB and gives away her location within the factory. Yes. And this gets her captured. Another gal... Flees on a snowmobile. What gal? Who knows? I am in no way invested (laughs) in her. Can we also mention that for as many confusing cast members are going into the factory, Mm -hmm. there is an equal amount of unlimited family members living in the factory. They all look the same. Just boils on their face. How many are there? I don't know. That was the question at the beginning. Right at the beginning, I was like, how many kids does this woman have? There's so many. And it looked like there were girls and boys. Did they have kids? I don't know. Are they inbred? <laughs> There's so many. I don't know. Who has been feeding them? Where did these clothes come from? They don't have nice clothes. Why do they not have a rat necklace? Yeah. That's <sighs> the real question. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. So the would-be rescuer guy, uh, Flyboy, who's also the helicopter pilot, he's arrived at the factory now. Mm-hmm. He obviously finds it. And there's a scene where he's kind of grossed out by the bodies. Do you <laughs> yeah, remember that? Funny. He's like, Ugh. I mean, fair. Anyway, he engages in what I'm going to call a battle royale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in front of that still burning gasoline corpse. Yeah, so it's really going. It like sets the backdrop, like fighting in front of the it's corpse. It's pretty cool. He manages to kill one member of the family. And I think this is the first time a family member is killed. It could be. It's not clear. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Because once they start going, they're going. It's just pure chaos. This yeah. whole second half of the movie is it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And so... I guess the oldest brother from the very beginning. He's the one with the long hair and the beard, right? The like blonde hair. Dude. The one with the moral conscious. It's like what we're doing is wrong. Well, he wasn't there. He comes back. 
he I don't know if he was like creeping on the band. I don't know what he where he went, but he comes back. I'm not really sure. He's back and he's surprised that his family has like really cut loose in his absence. <laughs> They're having a good time. I mean, they've been bored for 40 years. And he he asks a really important question. He says, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he that's the question of this whole movie. <laughs> I was like, nailed it. I was like, "Yes, yeah, fun." <laughs> that should have been the tagline of this movie, Blood Tracks. What What's going on? <laughs> no answer don't worry so um the older brother now he's i guess not happy with the answer he's gotten so he starts killing his own siblings i think maybe just one maybe all of them i don't know yeah there's a lot happening one brother axes some guy to the head at this point and then there's a big fire we also have to mention the confusion in this isn't just us you know zoning out or not taking notes it's so dark. The VHS transfer of this. Yeah. I would love to see a Blu-ray mm-hmm. scan of the original because I do think it's probably way more enjoyable if you can see what's going on. But the whole last part of this film that takes place when, when all the action's happening is all in the factory. And it's really, really dark. It's very so, poorly lit. Yeah. You're not seeing a lot of who's getting killed, who is where. You're just seeing kind of body parts randomly moving in scenes. Well, I'm going to step out on a limb here and say I don't think shining the brightest light on the world on this scene would clarify very much. No, but it, it is surprising to see these scans lately and how much it has brought out of the image of a dark transfer. You know, I would say yes to that, but also... Watching these types of movies has really made me realize the importance of giving a character, like, a thing. You Mm -hmm. know, like, the one with a, like, wearing a skull on top of their head. The one with, you know, three eyes, whatever. So that you can identify them. Because this whole family, I truly have no idea how many people there were. Nor which one was the mother. Because they, she she doesn't even look old. She just is caught... It's the same actress. They she just, just pretends put to be old. Boils on her face. No, she talks like this. Yeah, it, I I will agree with you because the film that this gets most compared to is The Hills Have Eyes. It's basically like The Hills Have Eyes in a factory in mm-hmm. the mountains of Sweden. But <laughs> the difference that I will say is that even with The Hills Have Eyes, you know that family. You know Michael Berryman. Like, you know when he arrives mm-hmm. that that is clearly not like any other member of the family. Yeah. They should have definitely made these characters kind of stand out and be different from one another. Yeah. Anyway, that is hard. It's really hard to follow not only who are the mutants living in the in the factory, but who are the people being killed. No, also... Like, why was there a character Susie? She was just one of the groupie dancers. Yeah, I kind of was waiting for her to have a more reason. Earlier in the focus, earlier in the film, it was sort of implied, like, "Oh, Susie's here. Like, she's she's a big star." Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Well, anyway, yeah. So it's all kind of gone crazy now. It's gone to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Everybody has been killed, basically. We're down to two people as a helicopter arrives to save them. Uh, one of the brothers is shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the survivors escape. Big brother continues. He remains. Yeah. The well, end. Well, we do get a scene right before that ending that's important. Oh, what? What did I see? He gets past? his arm shot off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and in a moment of crying out in pain heats up a shovel in the fire to cauterize his own wound. That's right. <laughs> so we're left with a cliffhanger. Okay. Of of does he survive or not? And it is an incredibly abrupt ending of them hopping in the helicopter yeah. and taking off credits. Goodbye. Blood tracks. It's crazy. This would have been a good time for the our random narrator to come in and be like and he turned his life around and started yeah. reclaiming the mountain. He discovered that there's more to Sweden than just this one factory. Nobody cared that his mom killed his dad 40 years ago and he could go get a job. <laughs> yeah, uh, what a film. Okay, so, wow. There's okay. a lot to take in. 
What this, do you think? What What are your impressions? This, this was a first time watch for mm-hmm, you, so I'm mm-hmm. very curious to, to hear what you thought of it. This was, we watch a lot of chaos. This with the kills, I was even like going, didn't I watch this person die already? Yeah, I thought that a couple times. <laughs> There's that one guy who dies. I'm like, wait, that's the guy who got the hatchet in the head. I don't, nope. I think it was a different guy. A lot is unclear. Yeah. It was so fun, though. It was silly and ridiculous. It was a romp. Um, I appreciated the triple threat of avalanches. Yep. It was great. Highly recommend. Five stars. What about you? Yeah, I will say there's some slow parts that definitely in the beginning part, like after that great opening with Mm -hmm. the mom killing the dad, it it's a little slow after the band's introduced. So you get the cool music video. That's all really fun. Yes. Checks every box we love. You know, there's a there's a band. But then it, it does kind of slow down for a little bit. But if you stick with it, you get good dialogue. Mm-hmm. You get really cheesy scenes. You get hilarious acting from everybody in this film. And you get to say, why did they go to the cabin or factory? Yeah. And then once you get the mutants, they're fun. And so... This is an interesting problem to have that the 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 repetitiveness of this film is only because you're getting crazy kills over and over and over. You get totally desensitized. <laughs> it's crazy. That's yeah, creepy. Yeah. So I really love this film. Every time I've seen it, <laughs> it gets better and better. I will say the first time I saw it, the first time I saw it, I was confused and I wasn't sure what I had just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Second time got a little easier. Third, fourth on. Now I just know this film and I love it. And it gets so much fun to watch. It's also got a really cool score. It's very electronic, kind of 80s synthy classic horror movie mixed mm-hmm. in with, with the music from Easy Action. So, I mean, what's not to love about this? It's silly. It is a mystery within a mystery. Yeah. Why did this happen? Why don't we understand it? Who are these people? And what did we just witness? Yeah. So if you do like any kind of rock exploitation or metal horror from the 80s, this is a must watch. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. It is It is goofy and over the top. It's confusing in all the right ways. And I, I, yeah. I would like to see a scan of this. I would be curious to see how this looks kind of cleaned up. Although, you know, as fans of VHS, we do appreciate that grittiness that comes with watching it on tape. But there was a point in this film where I just could not see anything. And yeah. I just thought, okay, well, maybe there's something to be said about cleaning up of cleaning up a tape once in a while. Right. But again, you're just shining a light on chaos. <laughs> it's true. There's there are no sense so to be many made. Kills in this. It's great. It's ridiculous. You should probably watch it. Yeah. So that's our Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah. It's our our wintry episode. Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, this is our offering to you. Even if you're in a warm climate, we hope you celebrate yeah. cold weather. It's just you got to find films that take place in the snow. In a cabin, isolated. Mm-hmm. Those are fun. And Blood Tracks is one of those films. Mm-hmm. Add it to your December repertoire. <laughs> or don't. Whatever. Or don't. We will. I mean, it's... You will. Yeah. I'll probably watch it again in five years. We'll see. Okay. We'll see how that works out. We do have... Everybody has their Christmas season watches. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to this with a couple friends. Everybody's got their essential viewing every Christmas Oh. Do you think we have some? I know we have a couple. What are you thinking? Uh, we definitely... I'm going to watch Feeders 2. I always have to watch Feeders 2. You watched it last year, yeah. remember? I think I fell asleep. But <laughs> no, yeah. you did not. You liked it. Oh, okay. We really enjoy Elves. That's another good one. Uh-huh. But I will say the one consistent, not Home Alone, oh. not Christmas Vacation, is Santa's Sleigh. We, we do uh, watch We that. have watched it. I mean, I remember renting it when it came out at the video store and thinking it was hilarious. And we just watch it all the time during this time of year. And, you know, we do all of this obscure stuff, but I want everybody to know the truth. And the truth is, on Christmas night, I make us a badass snack tray and we watch Die Hard. (laughs) 
The end. Goodbye. Okay. Is it a Christmas movie? To be determined. Well, he says no. Oh, really? B-dubs, yep. He came out and... Yes. Oh, well, he's just trolling. He's a liar. He is a liar. He's wrong, man. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's our episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you seek out Blood Tracks if you haven't seen it. It is... It's quite a ride. (laughs) (laughs) If you loved what you heard, you should uh, follow us on Instagram at Mm -hmm. Laser Graves. We haven't said this in probably two years. What? You could rate and review our episodes if you wanted. Yeah, sure stuff. That really would help Remember us. Remember when we used to say that every episode and then I forgot that people could do that? You said that. I just kind of sit here confused. Yeah, it's true. End. You just wait for me to <laughs> summarize the ending. Yeah, go for it. Well, rate, review, subscribe, mm-hmm. whatever you do. That does actually do something. I was surprised by that. So, But only give it five stars. Don't. If you're thinking four and a half, no. Four, Why would you do that? We're just, just struggling. Yeah, don't don't review it then. Take a dump on somebody else. Yeah, to my knowledge, we still have a perfect five star rating, and I think it's because we've guilted our listeners into not rating if they thought it was four stars. Yeah. Why would you be unkind? Yeah, it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> don't let our children cry. <laughs> yeah, do it for the children. Okay, well, (laughs) next time. Do you think anybody is listening at this point? Nope. Are you listening? Nope. Happy holidays. Oh, I got a joke if you're still listening. Oh my gosh, what? (laughs) Come on, wrap it up. Why did the cowboy get a dachshund? Why? Because somebody told him to get along, little doggy. That's not even a Christmas joke. Bye. Bye. (laughs)